Our message this afternoon is from Pastor Steve Andrews. It is entitled, No Other Foundation. Another year, another cycle in God's plan. We've come, it's kind of like in, in Tulsa, we, we, uh, it just seems like it, it's the feast reports that kind of end the cycle, even though we know that the feast is already over with and we've, we've come through that cycle and everything and, and um, that plan has been completed, uh, but it hasn't been, you know, totally implemented yet. We're still waiting for that day when Christ will return to this earth and we'll set up his kingdom. <laughs> we now look at the coming year, don't we? Uh, it's interesting that uh, by well, this time next year, uh, next, uh, next week, next, not next year, but this time next week, we will have um, elected um, a new president. Uh, we, they don't get sworn in until January, but um, we know that that is uh, something that's going to happen, and um, we know in this, uh, this, uh, this, this United States that we have wonderful things like the Bill of Rights and Constitution, um, and we hope that, uh, and we always pray, and we hope that those, those will be um, used and, and considered and, 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 and give this United States a secure future. You know, as our founding fathers knew, um, there was another foundation that they really looked at, wasn't there? Um, and, and I've said before, not all of them were um, Christian, some of them were deists, some of them even were atheists, but for the most part, they wanted to see this United States have a godly Christian uh, foundation. Paul says there's only one foundation, and that's found in 1 Corinthians, the 13th chapter. In fact, there's 1 Corinthians 3, not 13. Sorry about that. 1 Corinthians 3. As we look at this, there's no, he says in beginning in verse, um, verse 10, according to the grace of God which is given to me as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation of another, and another builds thereon. But let every man take heed how he builds thereon, for other foundation can no man lay than is laid, which is Jesus Christ. No man can lay any other foundation except that which is Jesus Christ. And we build on that foundation, don't we? It goes on to say, if any man build upon these, the foundation, gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, and stubble. We're hoping that we're all using the opportunity in this life to build on those, those first three, gold, silver, precious stones. But that foundation is Jesus Christ. And I think in, our, in this nation, in, 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 in what we had what our founding fathers had really wanted was that they would understand that, that down through the ages they would understand 
that the Christian foundation is the best foundation. It is the foundation with the moral, moral foundation, righteous foundation. In 2 Timothy, we find again Paul emphasizing this, this point. We're, just one verse here. In fact, I might, if I can, well, I can't read it very well because I can't see too well. I think I've left my glasses somewhere. In 2 Timothy 2, verse 19, it says, Nevertheless, the foundation of God stands sure, having this seal, the Lord knows them that are his, and let everyone named in the name of Christ depart from iniquity. The foundation of God stands sure. No matter what happens in the world, no matter what happens even after this election, it is going to continue. That foundation of Jesus Christ, if we're building on Jesus Christ, we don't have to worry about what's going to come next, do we? I mean, I, I was listening to the news, and it seems like there's an awful lot of trauma out there over what's going on. And, and of course, I, I'm kind of a news hound, so I've been watching it. Maybe I've been getting a little traumatic, too, in, in some of the things, but I, I realize, and that's why I was wanting to bring this message today. It's a short message um, to concentrate on the fact that the foundation is Jesus Christ. God is eternal. We have um, an eternal home in the kingdom of God. Luke says, I mean, uh, in the book of Luke, chapter 6, Jesus said this, 46 through 48. He says, Why call me Lord, Lord, and do not the things which I say? Whosoever comes to me and hears my sayings and does them, I will show you to whom he is like. He is like a man which built a house and digged deep and laid the foundation on a rock. And when the flood arose and the stream beat vehemently on that house, could not shake it, for it was founded upon a rock. And our rock is Jesus Christ. We know that. And it's interesting, um, I, didn't really, I didn't really grasp this concept until we started building these um, drilling rigs on a 180 degree circle and the engineer says you've got to put that foundation down on something solid. So you take and you drill these 32 inch piers and you drill them all the way down until they get on something very solid because when you put all this weight on that, that, um, that circular thing, they can't, it can't move. It cannot move. That's what Jesus is saying. When you build on his foundation, on Jesus Christ, it's immovable. It's a solid rock. It's immovable. Jesus, uh, in, the, in the Bible, it always takes the negative next. I always like the positive first, I mean the last, but Jesus says, but he that hears and does not is like a man that is without a foundation. Build a house upon the earth against which the stream did beat vehemently and immediately it fell and the ruin of that house was great. And it's true. If you, if you, just, if you don't put any kind of foundation down, if you don't dig a foundation for a home 
and you start living in it, it uh, the earth shifts, and you're, you're liable to um, have that house down around your ears. And that's the reason why Jesus is teaching us that he is the solid foundation. He's the solid rock. No matter what else is going on in the world, no matter what else is happening, even in the United States, no matter what else, we can count on our relationship with Jesus Christ. In John, the 14th chapter, and we have a, we have a guy that on the radio that loves to quote this a lot, and um, he says he believes, so I'm not, I'm not doubting him. In John, the 14th chapter, let not your hearts be troubled. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. So along with this solid foundation, we have to have belief. We have to have faith in God. If you believe in God, you're not going to be troubled. You're going to know that things are going to work out, even to the coming of Christ, which is what we look forward to. And Jesus says, in my house are many, many mansions, many positions for you and I, many places for you and I to be a part of. He says, if it were not so, I would have told you. And he says, I go to prepare a place for you. I think that's probably one of the most important statements, and encouraging statements that we have when, when Jesus is sitting at the right hand of the Father. He's preparing places. He's calling individuals, and he's been calling them for nearly 2,000 years to be in that kingdom, to have positions in that kingdom. Many mansions. In other words, many positions. And he says, if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. The encouragement is always there from Jesus, from, from, the, from calling the little children to, to, to bless them, to calling individuals to be in his kingdom, to encouraging people to understand the truth and, and, and what he is preparing. In John, the 14th chapter, uh, in verse 27 also, he says, peace, I leave you. I leave with you. My peace I give you, not as the world gives, not as the world gives, give I to you. And then he says, let not your heart be troubled, neither, neither let it be afraid. So by our commitment, our, our dedication, our solid foundation into Jesus Christ, we don't have to have the same fears that maybe the rest of the world and even uh, maybe uh, some in the United States are having because we know the things are going to work out. <laughs> God's going to work it out. Things will work out. He says in John, the 16th chapter, that we will have tribulation. John 16, verse 33 says, These things I have spoken to you, that in me you might have peace. In me you might have peace. In the world you shall have tribulation. He says, but be of good cheer, because I have overcome the world. You see, isn't it interesting that if you really have your, um, all your hopes and your dreams and everything locked into the rock, Jesus Christ, the solid foundation that he is, 
all your hopes and dreams, no matter what the world and no matter what the tribulation, you'll be able to come through it. You'll be able to survive. You'll be able to be strong. And the Bible is full of this kind of encouragement for you and I. It's full of this for all of us. In 2 Timothy, the third chapter, we find this. Maybe. 2 Timothy 3. You know, I, I put down the reason, after reading John 16:33, I put down the, why? Why is there going to be tribulation? Well, we understand why. Because we know also that in the last days, there's going to be perilous times. Perilous times that are going to come. We don't know what's going to happen from day to day. We only know that we have Christ is our solid rock, our foundation. For man shall be lovers of their own selves. Now, we've gone through this many, many times, but I think that we really need to understand how prevalent all of these characteristics are in this day. And you only have to read the news for a little bit to understand this, to understand just what each one of these, how prevalent each one of these are in this day. Lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, um, kids used to like to do this in the dark, you know, the little dirty words so nobody would hear or among themselves. But it's getting so prevalent now in, the, in, in all of the news, in the entertainment industry and everything that, the, that you can't protect your kids anymore from the filthy language that is out there. It is getting so bad. And it's just like the frog in the water <laughs> that we've heard of more than once. You start out on the cold water and then you make it worse and worse and hot. By the time that the water's hot, the frog can't jump out because it's too late. He's already boiling. Well, they've been doing this to us for quite a long time, haven't they? Slowly, slowly, slowly making it worse and worse and worse. Now we're just getting used to it. We're getting used to the, to the nasty language and the things that are going on. And Hollywood is, has been blasting us for a long time with those things. So, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, women killing their own children, that's without natural affection. A woman that has children has natural affection for her children, but it's, it's for some reason it's gone today. Truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, that means without self-control, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. And they like to have a form of godliness, but deny the power thereof. And boy, he warns us, doesn't he? Turn away from those people. We have a wonderful and loving Good Shepherd in John the 10th chapter. And he takes care of us. He loves us. And he watches over us. Sometimes we don't 
realize it, we don't understand it, but he gave his very life, not just for them that lived during the time that Christ walked, but he gave his life for all of mankind. He loves all. And in John, the 10th chapter, beginning in verse 10, John 10, verse 10, he says, The thief comes not for, the, for to steal and to kill and to destroy. I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. Jesus has come for life. I am the good shepherd, and the good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. But he that is a hireling and not the shepherd, whose own the sheep or not, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees, and the wolf catches them and scatters the sheep. The hireling flees because he's a hireling and cares not for the sheep. He says, I am the good shepherd, and I know my sheep, and I have known of mine. As the Father knows me, even so know I the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. This is one of the profoundly interesting statements that Jesus says here. Other sheep I have which are not of this fold. So when he was talking to this group, he let them know that it's going to be multiple sheep. They're going to be down through the ages. Them also I must bring, and they shall hear my voice, and there shall be one fold and one shepherd. One fold and one shepherd. And Jesus is the one who is our good shepherd. In Isaiah, the 55th chapter, we are to seek the Lord. We're to reach out and seek the Lord. Isaiah 55 and beginning in verse 6. Seek you the Lord while he may be found. Call upon his name while he is near. That's why I always say, if, you, if you're, let's say that you don't want a particular prayer voiced publicly. When we're all here in the group and we know that God can hear us and Lawrence or I or Barnabas or one of us are praying for those, quietly you can pray for those that you know might be having problems or, 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 or that way. He says, he says, call you upon him while he is near. Well, we know he's near in church and, and this is the time that we can call silently on God to, to to hear our prayer. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts and let him return to the, to the Lord and he will have mercy upon him. And to our God he will be abundant and he will, he will abundantly pardon. I get that out right. I think this is probably some of the most profound stuff to understand. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are, are your ways my ways. <laughs> we sometimes think God thinks in our in our pathway, and that's not, not, not right. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. For as the rain comes down, from, down and the snow from the heaven and returns not there, but the waters and the earth makes it uh, bring forth the bud, that it may give seed and, uh, to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goes forth out of my mouth it shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the things whereunto I sent it. The power of God's word will go out and will accomplish what he wants it to accomplish. 
Sometimes we wonder why it doesn't, you know, some, something's not quite working out the way we think. It's because God has a plan and he's working it out. And when he speaks and when he says something, those are the things that, that are going to, to, to come about. And they're not going to come back to him void. Sometimes if we look back to our own, our own life and realize that God called us and pulled us out of this world, a world that pulls us into it and wants us to be a part of it, and we know that God, through, through miracles, pulled us out of that, we know that word has power. For you shall go out with joy and be led forth with peace. The mountains and the hills shall break uh, forth before you singing, and all the trees and fields shall clap their hands. Instead of the thorn, there shall come up the fir tree. Instead of the briar, shall come up the myrtle tree. And shall be to the Lord for the name and for an everlasting sign that shall, shall not be cut off on this earth. Seek the Lord while he may be found. No other foundation, brethren, no other foundation. Jesus says that, and let's go back now to Matthew, the seventh chapter. Maybe we'll find Matthew, the seventh chapter today. <laughs> let's pick it up in verse seven. Oops. 7, verse 7. Ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and, you shall be, and it shall be opened to you. And very simple, A-S-K. I want you to remember that, A-S-K. For those, Lawrence used to preach this quite a bit, I remember. <laughs> remember those, that very simple principle, A-S-K. Ask, seek, and knock. That's what Jesus says. Very simple. And it shall be open to you. For everyone that asks receives, and he that seeks finds. And to him that knocks, it shall be opened. Of, that, of, of what man is there of, of you whom, if your son asks bread, will he give him a stone? Or if he asks a fish, will give him a serpent? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more shall your Father, which is in heaven, give good things to them that ask him? Therefore, all things whatsoever you would that men should do to you, do even so to them. For this is the law and the prophets. Well, the golden rule. We all know that one. We all know that one. Therefore, all things... Oops. Uh, he says, enter you in the straight gate. For narrow is the gate... Uh, um, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leads to destruction. And many there be which go therein at. Because straight is the gate, and narrow is the way which leads to life. And few there be that find it. Beware of false prophets which come to you in sheep's clothing. But inwardly they are ravening wolves. And that can be any, anywhere even in the world. People that are supposedly know something and are falsely preaching those things. They can be anyway, because we're, we're living in a, we're, we're living in the, uh, um, how can I, what can I say it, um, overabundantly um, blasted age, I, I don't know how else to say it. 
Um, if, you, if you're on TV, if you're on your phone, if you're on an iPad, if you're anywhere where you can hear something, you are being blasted with something. You're being inundated with something. And we live in that, and we live in that constantly today. We're a, it's, it's a part of us. And so you have to be careful to sort out all of that. You have to be careful. There are false people out there, false prophets out there, which come, and they look like they're very, very meek people, and yet, in behind they're ravening wolves. So you have to be very careful. You have to know the Word of God. You have to understand. You shall know them by their fruits. So we have to be fruit, fruit um, understanders or fruit pickers or whatever you want to call it. You shall know them by their fruits. <clears throat> Do men gather grapes of thorns and figs of thistles? Even so, every good tree brings forth good fruit. But a corrupt tree brings forth evil fruit. A good tree cannot bring forth evil fruit, neither can a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit. Every tree that brings not forth good fruit is hewn down and cast in the fire. Wherefore, by their fruits you shall know them. Jesus using this example of fruit to give us an understanding that we should be checking and understanding what is being said and what people are doing. Not everyone that says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that does the will of my Father which is in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, and your name have cast out devils, and your name done many wonderful works? And then I will profess to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you that work iniquity. Therefore, whosoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man which has built his house upon a rock, and that rock is Christ. And I'm going to read the rest of this because I think it's very important for us to reemphasize. The rain descended, and floods came, and the winds blew, and beat up on that house, and it fell not. For it was founded upon a rock. Brethren, Jesus Christ is our foundation. Jesus Christ is that rock.